I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. On our last episode, we asked the viewers and the listeners if they would be cool with a, a few more extra shows as we uh, approach the trade deadline. I believe we're about two weeks away. We're not more than two weeks away, are we? We're, we're, we're two weeks? Two weeks in a day, bud. Two weeks in a day. Jeez. Two weeks Friday. Yeah, jeez. Well, of course you would know that. Uh, well, and that's why I started Silicon. this episode being very rude and on my phone, just because <laughs> there's a lot of action on the Google Pixel these days. I never take offense to you being on the phone. That's You're doing your job. And yeah. if it means we get to break another trade, like I'm down for that. Let it be said, I'm not scrolling the gram or anything. You know, I'm not like. Well, that's nice. It's uh, you know, just keeping keeping the lines, keeping them fresh, keeping them hot. Anyway, um, we are going to have a podcast on Saturday because uh, there's a lot of news and a lot of opportunities for Siege to check his phone and make sure uh, the NHL, uh, you know. The, the hot stove continues to deliver. So uh, Saturday. Plus we just we just found out we get paid a premium for working weekends here. Adam Wild, uh, he's got a little shift bonus there for doing the Saturday show. I will put that in my invoice. Yes. Anyway, uh, that's the big news to start off the show. Saturday, we will have a podcast. This coming Saturday, we will have a podcast. And uh, yeah, we're going to deal with all the trade stuff. We're going to deal with some trade stuff today. But uh, we are definitely going to make that our focus. Um, the very first player I want to mention, because there's a handful of players, players we're going to mention, uh, Patrick Kane. Uh, the Hawks were in Toronto last night. Uh, a lot of people wanted to hear from Kane after the game. They did not get their wish. Uh, but also, people are wondering, what if Patrick Kane decides to wear a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey? What if uh, a deal could be consummated between those two teams? Or just, you know, at this point, does Patrick Kane even want to be traded? CJ, tell us everything we need to know when it comes to Patrick Kane. Well, I think the question needs to be flipped around. Like, do the Toronto Maple Leafs want Patrick Kane? Oh, and interesting. This isn't th- and look, at I'm not throwing any shade at Patrick Kane. His career speaks for itself. You know, probably the greatest American player in NHL history. Certainly, I don't even think you have to add probably. I Certainly squarely in that conversation, if you want to make a case for Mike Badano or maybe, I don't know where Brett Hall, he was born in Canada, does he count? Anyway, point is, one of the greatest American players ever to play the game, three-time Stanley Cup winner, you know, but he's not having a great year, man. And, you know, to see him play these two games this week in, in Montreal on Tuesday, Toronto on Wednesday, like the magic isn't there. I, I know that he's personally tried to, to downplay the, the hip issue he's dealing with, but it's hard not to watch him and just wonder, you know, what percentage he's at. We know about his cap hit. I just, I just don't see the fit in Toronto. Like I, I don't see them doing it. Um, you know, I don't know what he's going to do just yet, but we're, we're days away. Like I, I don't think this is going to go on for too much longer before we have an indication if he's willing to be moved or not. And, you know, he and his agent Pat Brisson are targeting, early next week, mid next week to, to, I think at least be able to give Chicago management an indication of if, if he would wave and maybe where he would go and then see if they can work something out. But 
you know, I, I think we're facing the possibility he doesn't move at all. Um, you know, we'll have to see. It's it's we saw the emotion when he spoke last week after the, the Tarasenko deal went down. You know, I, I wonder if the Rangers can still get involved. You know, I've seen Puckpedia has put out a couple tweets in the last few days, sort of detailing, you know, how they could could fit his cap in. So certainly they can do it from a cap perspective. I think there might be a little bit of hope there that maybe the Rangers is still an option for him, but um, you know, I, I don't see the Leafs committing whatever cap space they have to Patrick Kane. No, I'll, I'll eat my words. I'll eat my shoe if I'm wrong on this one. Cause that's, that's, that's more of a feel thing than, than specific information. Um, but I, I, I love the idea of it. Like the idea of pairing him and Matthews, like you, it's not a hard sell, right? It, it could be, I don't know if you remember years ago, one of my favorite games, I went to a lot of games over the years, but there, the game in Chicago where him and Matthews went back and forth at the end of the game. Do you remember that? And, and Austin's like doing this and it was like a wrestling match. Like it, it I would love be stuff like that. Ex- well, it was, first of all, it was one of the more dramatic regular season games I've ever been to. I think it ended up six, five with all kinds of goals at the end. And those guys doing that. Um, and I actually went in the, the, the Chicago dressing room afterwards and asked Kane about it. And he was like legit in the moment. Like kind of like he, he felt like he was being disrespected by the the young star at the time. Like again, it, that was in the the, mo- the the sort of the the heat of when it just happened. Like I think over time those guys look back on that and they they think it's cool now too. Um, but yeah, so I could see I could see the the storyline and and the big name. I just I don't know if the fits there. Honestly, it just might not be the right time in Kane's career. The right you know cap number attached to him and and might not be right for the Leafs. I mean. They they have a pretty good right winger named Mitch Marner, um, who does a lot of what Patrick Kane did in his prime, but he's doing it today. And so I'm not sure that's the element they need either, uh, especially with Kane's health, you know, being a bit of a question. Also, uh, if Patrick Kane joins the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the storyline I would care about the most is uh, who gets to wear number 88. Probably Kane, but like that would be really funny. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Would Nylander give that up? Like that's a... It's a I'm great question. Sure, I'm pretty sure he wears it in ode to Kane. Like, I think it's Kane was like his guy as a kid. I mean, Kane was, was Matthew's guy as a kid too. Like that's, it would be kind of cool. Like if you're into sort of the storytelling and the romance of sports, like, like I, again, I, I, I don't want to be the one to pour cold water here, but I'm just looking at the cold light of day. I, he's, he's not, I just don't know if he, if he's the difference maker he once was. And again, he might just be limited by his, his health. Like I, he had 90 plus point season last year. Um, so it's not, it's not like he's totally washed necessarily, but you know, I, I just don't, it doesn't feel like this is lining up for, for this year. Anyway, I mean, maybe, maybe he gets healthy, you know, maybe as a free agent, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I, and there's still no clear indication he wants to leave Chicago uh, either. So I guess we'll see how this develops, but right at this point in time, I, I think it's not very likely that we see Patrick Kane in a leaf sweater this season. I wonder with his hip, I wonder with the fact that the team that he's on is is very bad if that plays into his motivations. Because I was making this point on another podcast earlier this week. Like the idea, even if he is a little past his prime, like the idea that arguably the greatest American born player is available for could be available for trade, like that should be a much bigger deal. I get that like Timo Meyer is probably the top prize ahead of the deadline. I, I get that when Bo Horvat was available, we hyped him up too. But like, it, it's kind of, it's just kind of funny that like Patrick Kane has been kind of 
kind of brought back in terms of the status of players who are available as kind of like sort of a bit of an afterthought. That's just just how I feel about it as somebody who obviously, you know, cares about the deadline and cares about the stories attached to it. But like maybe it was a little bit healthier. Like I think people would be a little I think I think fans and I think people would be a little bit more excited about the idea that like, oh, whoa, like a team could try to go for for Patrick Kane. Like we talk about trying to drive up excitement for the league all the time. Like this is this is something we would we would be hyping up more. But like, you know, the injuries, the lack of forecheck, his defensive well, metrics like that takes from it. Well, and let's imagine a world where he came through Montreal and Toronto on back to back nights and put up like three points at each game. And it's two weeks out from the deadline. And obviously this part of the world, there's a lot of hockey voices and there'd be hype around that like that. It could be totally different. Absolutely. Um, but I, there is this this feeling, even from other teams, like other people I speak to in other front offices, there's just this notion he's not healthy. And so I, I recognize for him, he's going to have to satisfy likely if, if he does waive his no move clause and decide to go somewhere, you know, he's going to have to prove that health or, or, or give the team his word. Um you know, an interesting note, actually, that I, I didn't know this of all things, but but NHL trades by and large are not subject to a physical. So um, just in talking with a, someone in the front office this week, he's explaining that on the trade call, typically the the league will say, like, is this player healthy? And, you know, the, the assistant GM or the GM, whoever's doing the call will say yes. And, and, and it's kind of at your word. Um, but just because of the logistics of being in season, like th- there's not an ability to have players do an independent medical review, you know, before announcing a trade. So it's, you know, it's kind of interesting because we saw it in the baseball off season, right? Was it Correa ends up signing for three teams as a free agent? Carlos Correa went through that. Gary Payton, the second went through a weird thing in in the NBA too. Right. But in the NHL, it's a bit more of like, you know, you have to give your word on a player, but you know, and teams are reluctant to share the medical file of a player before they've traded them because they might not trade them to that team. And then all of a sudden that team and, and sort of the marketplace has access to the file and there might be other things going on. So um, anyway, that's a bit of an aside, but it's just, it's just kind of, it's relevant. I think in the Kane situation, it's relevant in the Jacob Chikrin situation, just given absolutely how, how, you know, much injury history Chikrin has. And, and I think honestly, if he hadn't have had the injuries he's had in his career, I'm talking about Chikrin now, I, this deal would have been done a year ago. Like, I think there's, that's part of what's held this up. I mean, part of it, of course, is the Coyotes have not, you know, moved off a high ask for him, but it's also that there's concern about, you know, his durability. And and if you make a big trade for him, like, is he going to be able to play 70 games or is it going to be 40, you know, in a season? So, um, you know, health does play a factor at the deadline too. And so, yeah, I don't know. I got a bad feeling with the Kane thing. I, I don't want to make any, I'll tell you this, when he was upset, after the Rangers deal didn't go down, that actually made me start to get like, okay, this guy wants to play. Like this guy wants, he wants the magic, right? He wants one more crack at this. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not so sure now where his head's at, you know, hopefully we'll get some, some clarity there. I love the answer, by the way, I don't know if you heard Austin Matthews has asked about Kane, you know, before the game in Toronto and was saying like, you know, he said, yeah, it would be weird to see him in another team sweater, but he's like, it's also been weird not to see him in the playoffs. Um, I saw that. You know, because it's been a long time. I mean, I know that Chicago made it into the bubble playoffs. Let's just discount that because it's not the same thing. It's just, it's been a long, long time since we've seen these top players of, of you know, Chicago get a real chance to win anything. And so almost selfishly, you, you kind of like to see both he and Jonathan Taves back, you know, back playing in those big games. But you know, I'm not sure the stars are aligning for it. I'm not sure either. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, two weeks in a day. 
for until the uh, trade deadline. We'll have more updates as we go on uh, with the show. But first, it's time for You Can Bet That. You Can Bet That with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Welcome to another edition of You Can Bet That with David Bastel. Remember to hit sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs. DB, what's going down? Not much, not much. Let's talk some trade deadline because I know you yes, guys sir. are all over it and we're about two weeks away from it. We almost forgot that was up. happening. <laughs> yeah, 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 you of all people, right? <laughs> yeah, you of all people, Siege. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, for the deadline, uh, you are able to make some picks on uh, where some of the bigger names uh, yeah. who could be moved ahead of the deadline could go. Let's start with uh, a name on a lot of people's minds right now. Uh, well, both names we're going to get to on everyone's minds right now, but let's start with Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because I, I threw this name out there just because, and, you know, CJ's been talking about this for the last little while, too, about how the Coyotes have actually been holding him out of the game and have told everybody about it that he's not playing because he's being traded, which we really haven't heard too much of in, in past in past times. I know there's been times where it's like, yeah, we kind of nudge, nudge, wink, wink, know that this guy is is going to be held up, but two weeks in advance that's that's a lot of time guys so right now sports interaction is deeming the los angeles kings as the favorites to land chikrin uh the bruins are in that conversation the flames are in that conversation but according to the numbers cj the kings are the team i don't know if you agree or disagree with that one well th- i agree that they should be the favorite but what's interesting as you mentioned the fact he's now what five six days into being held out it tells you there's not a deal yet and yeah. You know, that that's, you know, a lot of people we saw last Saturday night when he, he you know, he's out for trade related reasons. The Coyotes pen that one, too. That's a new term that they've <laughs> uh, they've, they've trademarked. Um, you know, you, you, you expect almost a trade is going to happen right away. But so it, this is a bit of a jump ball for me. Uh, and and so it's interesting that there's other teams there because I, I really can't tell you where this one's going to go. Not not that I know for sure anywhere else, but sure. You, typically, you have a strong inclination or indication, you know, where a player might end up. Chikrin, I mean, he's been available for so long. Uh, the Kings have had consistent interest, uh, but, you know, maybe someone else swoops in and gets him. So we go from Jacob Chikrin to Timo Meyer, DB. Where does he yeah. end up? You know what? I, I threw this name in there because it's most lists number one player. Uh, 30 goal score, uh, has that year, that option next year, and so forth. And and the Devils seem to be the favorites here at Sports Interaction. You can put in the conversation the Hurricanes. Even the Jets are drawing some interest as well, just because there are some connections with the Jets team. Uh, like, I, I'm I'm hoping this happens personally, <laughs> because I'd love to see Ehlers and Meyer back together again. Uh, but uh, the Leafs are in the conversation. The Knights seem to be on in everything, as you know, CJ. Uh, but... Uh, I, I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing the prize possession of this year's trade deadline could be Timo Meyer. Absolutely, you know I think just because he's not a rental player, I mean much like Jacob Chikrin, and you know the season he's having, and the fact that all you know the teams you're mentioning here they all make sense because they're all teams trying to win a Stanley Cup right now, and and it's not it's not every season that the contenders can add this kind of piece. Uh, just you know some some unique circumstances have made him available, and and. I think all those teams should be in on them, quite frankly. And and this is this is a real difference maker, right? I mean, no, and with respect to the other players that are moved at the deadline, often it's kind of window dressing. I think this fundamentally can shift a team uh, getting Timo Meyer. DB, how do you think the uh, Jets could handle that uh, ten million dollar qualifying offer from uh, Timo Meyer? 
Well, that's that's an issue. They do have some money under the cap, as you guys know, and there's a lot of talk that, <clears throat> excuse me, Pierre-Luc Dubois may not be there next year. So it's it lifts a little off the book. It almost it almost makes sense from, you know, and I know he's not a center iceman, which would be ideal for the Jets. One comes in, one comes out. But if Dubois leaves, they they come to some sort of an agreement. I'd like to see term more than just that one year kind of thing. Like if it's a if it's a five times eight or something of that nature, five times nine, um, and then keep them in the fold. Him and Ehlers, as you guys know, in the in the queue made magic. And um, I don't have to tell you, both of those players are still making magic in the NHL and put them at this level. Uh, CJ said it bang on to 26 years old. This guy, this guy here has like eight years ahead of him, maybe a little bit more depending on conditioning and all that kind of thing that happens in the mid thirties. But man, this would, this is a showcase piece. And that's why you see a lot of people interested and it's going to cost you a lot. Uh, but, uh, you know what, is it going to be worth the price? Time will tell. Time will tell indeed. And that concludes the inaugural edition of Jets Corner with uh, David Bastel. And of <laughs> I'll course, be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And also for you can bet that. Don't forget to check out uh, sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all the best odds before game, in game, best props. Again, sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. We'll talk again soon, DB. Be well. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Siege, by the way, are you? Uh, how much are you looking forward to doing uh, Trade Center with uh, the boys this year? I'm pretty pumped. I mean, it's sort of like a day. I think when you finally get there, it's just like you enjoy yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's sort of some anxiety in the buildup. I'm getting a little better with that, getting older and not putting as much pressure on myself and just realizing you just do what you do. And I don't know, they keep having me back. So like it's, it's, it's been all right. I think, you know, I think I did seven or eight trade deadlines at Sportsnet and now this will be my second at TSN. So, you know, plus all the July 1st shows, you know, which are kind of the same thing, a little different feel on July 1st because, you know, vacation starting on the other side of it and it's just not as stressful. And, you know, quite honestly, we do typically have a handle on where everyone's going to start. Not everyone, but a lot of the deals are sort of, you, you kind of have a feeling where it's going. Whereas, you know, sometimes with the, the, the trade day, the, you know, stuff comes out of left field. Do you know how close it is though? I literally just got this email. Like this is real time from TSN. They're so organized there with, with my options for food. Like we, you have to send it. So for breakfast, there's four options: breakfast sandwich, home fries, and juice. A big breakfast with juice. I'm not sure what's in that. Pancakes yeah, with know. sausage and juice, or the slightly healthier often option of muffin, yogurt, parfait, fruit cup, and juice. So you get juice with all of these. What if you don't like juice? Well, you don't have to drink it. I guess you just. I, I guess. But keep like, in mind, there's coffee know. and water there all the time. Yeah. Um, of and then lunch. So I, I'll probably go breakfast sandwich. I feel like you can't really go wrong with a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. Keep in mind, I'm going to be going in the studio. So the Leafs play the night before actually in Calgary. Uh, and that's a TSN broadcast. So I, that game probably doesn't start. I'm just going to guess it till nine or nine 30 Eastern time. And I could pull up the time right now. Uh, so 7 PM my time. Yeah. So 9 PM uh, Eastern. 
Correct. And so me, Pierre LeBron, and Darren Drager will be in studio for that game, just obviously to do hits if anything breaks or what have you. And then, so it's a fairly late night. And then I think we're probably back at like 6.30 or something the next morning. So I'm going to, my point is I'm going to be ready for a breakfast hedge. I'm not complaining about that. It's just a fact. I mean, do you know, do you know what's really hardcore? My, my buddy, what? Mark Masters, who works for TSN is going to the game in Calgary. Uh, so he's physically on the road there. I think he's flying out at 11 that night. He might not even be able to see the end of the game to get to Vancouver so that he can do hits at like 5.30 Vancouver time the next morning. So Why do they have him doing Vancouver hits? What about far? That's where the Leafs will be at that time. Right. Makes and sense. And so it just, I'm just saying, like, there's lots of people that aren't sleeping much those days. That's 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 my point. I'm, you know, Mark Masters. No one works harder than that guy. Yeah, so that's true. I've, I've, I've heard a lot about that guy. Yeah, so I'm just saying a breakfast sandwich, you know, I'm going to need a little comfort food is all I'm saying at that moment, I think. And then give for us, l- give, give, give us every pick you're going to make. Well, and then so the lunch options, you got the pulled beef with kettle chips and coleslaw, Ooh. The, the chicken souvlaki bowl, yes, the, the lemon tahini falafel bowl, a buffalo ranch wrap with either fries or salad, or you can just get a salad with chicken. This is a boring last option. Probably healthier, yeah. but like a boring last option. I love that they both times they just put the like the boring healthy option at the bottom. It's like, you know, we know one of you, you know, a few of my colleagues are probably health health conscious, Someone, but someone's gonna do it. Someone has oh, yeah. to do it. I mean, look juice. at we got like some former players. We got I can't even say who's coming on, I don't think yet. I'm not sure it's been announced, but we got we got Ooh. some we got some good talent in studio, put it that way. It should be fun. Are we gonna have llamas? Are we gonna have alpacas? Is the I, the the shirt gun coming back? I would imagine some version of that stuff is happening. But you gotta get involved in one of those skits this year, man. Last year I was I was I was watching the broadcast and I wa- I was waiting to see if we're gonna be in any of those like trady bunch sketches. Like please Actually, put yourself in one of them. Well, I don't get I don't get say on that, right? Make I'm yourself just, look like a fool for once. Do you remember last year we did like the football, like Chris Johnson, Ryerson University, or whatever? Yeah, insider. like we did like the football headshot thing. Come on, man! I want I'll you to anything. be more of a central I, character. As you know, we were two years into this podcast. You know that I do not take myself too seriously. I would thank God you I, don't. I would uh, I would do any of those things. Anyway, we're way off. We're way off the mark here, but. No, we're not. We're talking about Trade Center. That's part of the. That's part of it. I don't know what my lunch option is. Maybe the pulled beef. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I've got got a week. I got a week to submit this, so I can I can think about my choice for a week before sending it in. You should let the you should let the audience pick your pick your meals. Like crowdsource each of the options. Like put them out there and let people pick. You should you should do it. What would what would I, you do if you were? Suggesting? I will crowd I will crowdsource the lunch. I'm I'm all in yes. on the breakfast sandwich. Like I'm already excited for the breakfast sandwich. Two weeks and one day out. <laughs> please, okay. At the very least, with lunch, like please, like list out the options and then have people in the comments be like, "Hey, uh, pick actually this a great one. idea. So, I'm gonna do a Twitter poll." Yes, do that. Do that. Let's do that. Do you um, think I'll anger anyone at TSN by revealing our lunch options or no? Like okay. who cares? You didn't say like, yeah, no, it's not a state secret. Like it's not it's like a I came lunch out here. Option. It's not like I came on this pod and just told you everyone who's going to be part of the show because I can't do that no. yet. Look, I know Bell. I'm a former Bell Media employee. I get it. A lot of people don't like Bell. I don't think they're so bad that they would get mad at you for revealing what you want for lunch. 
no, and they've been great to me. And I'm not just saying that they've been, they've been, I've loved working there and I'm, I'm actually pumped for trade center. Like it's, it's a fun day. As I say, sometimes it's this buildup point. Like, like yesterday, for whatever reason, I kind of hit my breaking point a little bit. I just, Oh really? Just not like nothing bad. I'm sorry. This isn't a cry for help or anything, but it's just more like, I just got to a point. It's just like so much, so many radio hits so much, you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, but now I'm even today, I'm already like, okay, two weeks, I can do this charge to the finish. Well, um, well, yeah. well, it, it just at the very least, like, you know, we're here for you, buddy. I hope you know that. Oh yeah, of course. It's just sort of like, it's, it's, it's an exercise in patience kind of, cause you know, everyone wants, like, it's what you're going to ask me after this, we, we move on from this part of the segment. You're going to say like, who's going to where and what's happening. Like it's, it's, you're trying to figure it all out, but sometimes the truth is you're just not going to know for two weeks. Well, we have to at least act like we know what we're talking about. Well, we do to a certain degree, but there's there's mystery out there, right? And the truth is, you know, we might think this player is going to some team, but then there could be an offer we don't see coming. There could still be an injury, right? There could still be something that changes a team's circumstances um, that, that maybe a team that isn't on the radar for some of these top players all of a sudden has more cap space. I mean, that's what happened in Vegas with the Mark Stone injury. Uh, certainly don't wish that on any players or organizations, but that, that kind of thing can come up in the next two weeks. And then all of a sudden we got all these players being held out for trade related reasons. Like, are these guys just going to sit for two weeks? Like, I don't know how that's going to go. Imagine if San Jose starts doing that with Timo Meyer, because we already have, uh, Vladislav Gafrikov and Columbus doing it. Jacob Chikrin, obviously everyone knows that. Well, how long until San Jose does it? Right. Or, you know, you have other players too, like. You know James Van Reems, just all these these sort of veteran players on teams that are kind of playing games that that don't matter a lot in the standings for them. You know, I think, that, and and you know these players are big assets, especially the guys near the top of the trade boards. Like they're they're going to get decent returns by and large. You know, I wonder about the Kane return. It's one thing we didn't touch on in, in the opening, but I don't know that Chicago's in a position, even as big a name as he is, and all that sort of stuff. You know, his, his actual salary is quite low, too. So that that actually makes it palatable. But I just wonder if with him basically controlling where he goes, if he gives them one place and there's no real bidding, like, I, I wonder if if the return on him will be much lower than what you'd expect. Like, I could sound strange, but I could see the return on him being lower than the Tarasenko return just because, you know, St. Louis could, could have traded Tarasenko. I mean, he had a no trade clause, but I think there was more teams he was probably willing to go to. And so there's more of a market there. Um, just, just, it's an interesting dynamic. I, I'll put it that way with the Kane and Taves, you know, because of what they mean to that franchise, because of their cap hits, because of their no movement clauses. Like it's just, it's, it's not a true bidding war. We didn't even really touch off on, we didn't at all with Jonathan Taves in the opening segment, who his name, I mean, once upon a time, he may have been the best forward in the game. And he's that's another name that's like seriously like quiet, right? Like, I mean, obviously the production's not there, but like two of the best players of the last like decade, and they're there's I don't want to say they're washed, but like they're available, and you know, they're obviously not the primary names to care about. Well, and and they both you're like, do they just want to be career Blackhawks? Like, is that I mean it could be in their mind. They've had so much success there. I mean, they're, they're gonna put statues of those guys out front of the United Center. As well, they should. They they completely changed the face of a franchise. Um, won three Stanley Cups together, came into the league together. Like like they're they're sort of inextricably linked, and here they are, sort of at what appears to be the end of the road. I mean, who knows? 
maybe Patrick Kane gets healthy and plays three or four more years. Like I, that guy seems to love the game. Like I, I don't see any reason why that couldn't, you know, as long as health is there, I, you know, I can't see him going away. I don't know where Taves is at. Like he hasn't, he hasn't been with the team for the last week, you know, coming out of the all-star break and bye week he hasn't played. He's, you know, he's had, they said a non COVID related illness. Um, you know, he's on IR right now. Like, I, I don't, I don't know where his mind's at. And you remember he already sat out one full season. So I, I don't know. I don't know how much gas is left in the tank. I mean, we had DB on, wouldn't he look good in Winnipeg, his hometown? I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be <laughs> that again, a great if, segment with DB? If, if we're into the, but if we're into the romance stuff, like the, the Kane and Matthews idea, like what about John and Taves, you know, playing playoff games in Winnipeg? I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but if we wanted to dream up kind of a fairy tale ending there, there's one, you know, I wonder about Colorado has certainly had some interest in Taves. Like, is that a place he'd wave for? I don't know, but I, we're going to know within day. Like, I don't think this goes on. I doubt we're doing the pod the day before the deadline. And we, and we're still saying what's going to happen with these guys. I think it's going to be clear one way or the other, um, you know, what direction they're going. What about with Tebow Meyer? Is he a guy who we are probably going to wait until the very end for what, where do you see that going? I think it's going to be done sooner, actually. You know, there's there's a fair amount of interest in him. And you have it in like this is a dynamic I haven't seen many people talking about, but you have two of the best teams in the Metro Division, Carolina and New Jersey, as I would say the teams with principal interest that have the assets able to make that kind of deal work. And so of course, you know, Toronto's there with interest. You know, I've heard, you know, some some notion that Vegas might be around the situation too. But you know, those teams are highly incentivized not only to add them to their current team, but to, to not see them go to a division rival. And keep in mind, the Metro is all of a sudden pretty spicy because you've got Tarasenko with the Rangers now. You know, that's a hotly that's a hotly com- competed for division. And and so, you know, I think I think that probably gets done sooner. I know there's a little maybe a bit of frustration. Like, you know, we're in the stages where these GMs are speaking to Mike Greer almost on a daily basis and, and you're kind of grinding over, you know, details. Uh, so it's, you know, I guess there's, there's a world that goes on and on and on, but you know, I, I think there's enough interest to, to suggest that, that that deal gets done, you know, maybe even soon, like, like not, not going right to the March 3rd deadline. I, I wonder the same about Chikrin, you know, someone who works in another front office was telling me like, he thinks the Meyer and Chikrin situations are kind of holding up the rest of the league because obviously any of these top teams say that once a team who Meyer, well, if they don't get him they uh you know they get to pivot and and you know go for maybe some some lesser lights on the market is you know similar with on the d d end of things and so if if we get trades with pride of those players it might it might break open the dam and james duffy will be crying in his sleep because all of a sudden then you're getting you're getting to it again there's just a possibility i know we say this sort of thing every year but there is a possibility a lot of the big action has happened before march 3rd um i mean you already have players Chikrin and 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 Gavrikov are both on the top ten, I think, of any trade list you might see out there. Whether it's the one I do at North Star Bets or TSN's Trade Bait or Frank Cervelli's list at Daily Faceoff, like those are already two of the top yeah, ten. Yeah, Flutterkast one two. Right. Sorry, oh, I'm better. I'm not I'm not purposely excluding anyone. All I'm saying all is good. I I bet if you go look at any of those lists that these are these are both top ten pieces on anyone's list, and they're already not playing games two weeks out. As I already said, Meyer probably is on top of all those lists. I know he's the top of my my big board on at North Star Bets right now. 
So, and he could move early. We've already had Horvat move. We've already had Tarasenko move. Those guys were top 10, top five, you know, on those lists. So yeah, we're, the dominoes are falling a little bit too early for those that have 10 hours of live TV booked on, on March 3rd, but at least we're going to have good snacks and good food. But at the very least with, with Gafrikov and Chikrin, them being held out for games for, for trade related reasons, at least for a week, like we should be inclined. I mean, you're saying Meyer should be soon. Like Chikrin and, and Gafrikov should be sooner than Meyer, if anything, right? Who knows? I mean, this, this who knows? Is, well, you you would think yes, but like the Chikrin situation has gone on so long. Like, how do we? Yeah. Were we even handicapping it at this point? Um, you know, it sounded like there was a deal that was pretty close with LA, and it, it didn't get completed. And you know, now you're kind of in the abyss. Where again, I was told as of you know Wednesday, we're recording this Thursday morning, that that there just was nothing there. It's not again, they're not they're not just pushing this across the line. And then, you know, there's obviously other teams that are hanging around to see what they might do. You know, I, I do think there's legitimate interest from LA's end and in, in Vimalka as well. And so that that's, if that happens where they were getting Chikrin and Vimalka, you know, we're looking at probably at a pretty large deal with moving pieces. So that, that might take some time. So I could see that dragging on, you know, Gavrikov, the question for me is, is anyone really going to step up and pay those, those prices for a rental? I'm not saying they won't, you know, I know there's a lot of teams that like him. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a lot to wrap your mind around for, you know, second pairing defenseman who's probably walking away at the end of the season. It, you know, it would be a bold, bold call by whichever team ends up doing that if they do. And then, so who knows, maybe Meyer, the, the Meyer domino might drop before those two D. I don't think it's impossible. I'm trying to find the, I'm trying to remember the specific return that's been out there for, for Vladislav uh, Gavrikov. I reported Tuesday on insider trading a first, a third, and a fourth is the ask. Like that's so much. It's so much. No well, Vlad, but like that's a lot. It's it look at it, it, it's the market is driven by demand. How many players are like him? Like there's there's not a lot of him out there. And I just think there are contending teams. Look, obviously no one stepped up to pay it, or I think the deal would be done today. So maybe it's a grind down. Maybe it ends up being a first and a third. Like you get one of the picks shaved off. Um, You know, obviously I think a first, a third and a fourth is getting him with 50% retention. Um, So some, so one of those picks is probably attached to the fact that they're, they're keeping salary back. Um, Let's see what happens, bud. This is, this is, I mean, it's like, if you've ever negotiated on everything, you gotta, you gotta ask for a lot. If, if you don't ask, if they don't ask for a first, a third and a fourth, they're never getting a first, a third and a fourth. That's fair. Um, any other things we should uh, keep in mind with regards to anyone who could be available for trade, anyone else that any other nugget in your head that you want to, you want to let the people know. There's nothing right now. Um, but I'm excited that we're back on Saturday because you know, that everything moves so fast. This is like the funny thing. Like every day you wake up and I, I don't know where the stories are going to go kind of thing, or like where the conversations are going to go. Like it, there's, there's a lot out there now and you know, it's, it's getting fun. Honestly, this last week has been pretty fun. I said, I, you know, I acknowledge that I hit a bit of a breaking point on Wednesday night, but other than that um, it's, there's just, there's a lot more talk and it, you know, the, the market, the deadline does force movement, right? It forces decisions. Like, 
six or seven weeks ago when you're asking people like what their plans are, it's like, wow, we got to wait. We got to see now it's like, okay, now we got to actually make decisions. I'm curious to see what's going to happen in Calgary, Julian. I think that it's an intriguing, you and me both, you and me both intriguing deadline. Like I, my sense is that the front office is not sold that they should be giving up assets to be big buyers right now. Like I, I think there's a lot of questions, concern, whatever you want to call it about the team, like whether, whether it's just smart to do that or, you know, look at Nashville. They're in a similar spot. I mean, even worse, I'd, I'd say, given that there's some distance between them and the playoff spot. I don't necessarily think they're selling, but maybe they just punt on this year. You know what I mean? And and regroup. I, I think Washington is another team that, like, they, they would like a D, but, you know, is it worth it? You know, they've had terrible injury luck this year. Um you know, so there's a lot of teams that, that are now going to be forced to make decisions in which way they fall or which side of the ledger they end up on, you know, could help move the market too. I'm really intrigued, especially in Calgary, obviously as someone who was in that market. Uh, like I, I've, I've been thinking like, okay, they probably don't offload the massive assets to get like a, a high-end player that's available at the deadline, but I just don't see them not doing anything, right? Like, and I, I, I get it. Like you, you don't want to sacrifice assets, at the same time, like if you're right there, like in the periphery of the playoff picture and your goal is to make the playoffs, like, do you not at least try to make like a small move? Do you, I mean, I, I know for you sure. Know, yeah. Like you try to get a player who maybe isn't necessarily a top six guy. Maybe he's a top nine guy. You push him in that top six role, like something. The debate is how big is the font going to be on the announcement? Like, is it, are we talking, <laughs> like, are we talking one of like the real headliners, like flames get this guy, or is it going to be more like, well, flames made a minor move depth. I think it'll be more closer to that. Right. And, and it probably should be honestly, like that team is just not played well enough to, to justify pushing more chips in. I, I don't think, uh, I know it's hard to put your mind around because you know, we talked about it even before the season began, right? Like we 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 had this idea that maybe they're it's going to be a tougher regular season and they're and they're more playoff ready. Like I think that's what you're really gauging. It's not just looking at the standings. I think it's like, were we right about these players? Is having you know Kadri in the lineup? I know it's been a, a really tough year for Huberto, but maybe like is there some element there that when it flips back to zero and if they make the playoffs, like can they can they have a run in them? Like that's entirely possible. I think that that's what you got to gauge if you're Brad Tree Living. It's not so much they need to be at this specific spot in the standings. It's more like, do you believe in the group? Uh, but and but also know. to that point, like if, if you're thinking about it from that point, do you, is it wise to just let them be? And they just be like, all right, we'll see what it is. Do you not at least give them something to, you know, go, okay, let's see if they figure it out. Like, at least you have, you made this addition that could help. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Like that's a very, this is a unique situation is. for a team. Yeah. They don't know their team is. I don't think they know either. I don't think they know either. They don't. I mean, and that's that's the issue. And so, like, that's fascinating because for them, they're they maybe don't like that the deadline's in two weeks because two weeks. I know the schedule's busy. They're going to see you know whatever five six more games, but it's not that much time before you you got to make some some big calls. And that's you know that's why you know that's that's the pressure on every GM right now is there's big decisions and and it's not always a clear answer what the best path forward is. By the way, uh, they play Detroit tonight. They play the New York Rangers again on Saturday. Um, next week, they're on a three-game road trip in Arizona, Vegas, and then Colorado. And then in the days before the deadline, the two games they have before, Boston and Toronto. 
and their first game out is against out of that deadline is against Minnesota. So like, mm. I, I think it's less of like, oh no, uh, the trade deadlines in two weeks is, oh no, we have all these tough teams to go up and play against in the two weeks that could either push them out or we really see what the flames are made of. That's great though. In a way, like it, you couldn't ask for better if you're Brad, you leaving because you really get to see them tested against teams that you, you potentially are going to have to go through in the playoffs, whether it's a Colorado or a Vegas, uh, you're going to see how they react in those environments with, you know, like clearly there's a lot on the line too. Like this isn't October anymore. Like we're, we're seeing some pretty competitive games around the league right now. And so, yeah, anyway, we didn't have the flames, but I, I do think that they're one of the teams for me that it's like, which way does it go? And as I said, Nashville's kind of intriguing to me, Washington, the same, like those teams that half in half out, like which, which, which direction do they go? And then, you know, we'll see what the Boston's can do. I mean, if you're Boston, like, what do you, how do you improve if you get on Jacob this season, man? If you get Jacob Chikrin this year or some other high impact player, like, what do you, what are we doing? Well, yeah. they still got to still got to play the games, but yeah, it's, it would be hard to see them being the underdog heading into any series. It's already going to be hard. If they don't make one addition, you know, they're still going to be, they're going to be the favorite in whoever they play in the wild card seedings. Then, you know, let's assume they win that. They're going to play either Toronto or, or Tampa. Like, they're probably the favorite again. You know, what a what a J word they are. Didn't quite say it, though. CJ. <laughs> CJ. Let's wrap this up before I get myself in trouble. Stick taps. Time for stick taps. Want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. Whatever your sport, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame in-game, or in one of our many unique prop bets. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN, or in Ontario, download the app now by using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 and over, please play responsibly. Uh, do you have a stick tap? I do. I'm going to add a new wrinkle just for this week, and I'm going to give a okay. hockey hug, uh, not a stick tap, to Alex Ovechkin. You know, terrible news this week that he lost his father. You know, there's something beautiful about our sport that, like no one plays it by accident, right? You, you need someone there to put on your equipment or tie up your skates when you're young and, and usually for many years. And so one of my favorite times, if you permit the sort of roundabout way I'm getting to this go ahead, is, is the night that the cup is won and you're on the ice and you're there with the families and seeing all the emotion that spills out. And I think, you know, obviously anyone who has any success in life usually does so with the backing of strong mentors or parents. Um, but you really see, I think there's something unique in hockey that there's a lot of close bonds there. And, and obviously Alex had that with his father. Mikhail was, was a huge part of his life, you know, kind of full circle eerie, almost just seeing, you know, him having his own son, Sergey at the all-star weekend. And, and um, you know, the, the news this week that uh, he's lost his dad is, is difficult. So I just want to give him a hockey hug. You know, obviously a lot of people in the sport are thinking about him and, and, you know, losing a parent at any age is difficult. And, and I think especially one that had such an impact on his life and his career. Uh, Yeah, I think that's very well said. And it's just, yeah, uh, I, my condolences to uh, Alexander Ovechkin and his family going through this tough time. Um, I, I guess for my stick tap, this is a little bit more uh, recent. I just saw you retweet it as we were doing the show. And uh, uh, I'm honestly, I'm trying to just make sure I have this all right as well. Um, but uh, a longtime NHL assistant and uh, one of the few uh, people of color behind an NHL bench, uh, Paul Girard, uh, has passed away, unfortunately, after a battle of uh, battle with cancer. 
so I extend a hockey hug uh, to his family uh, as well. Uh, this is this is literally just coming from uh, from uh, uh, the team he was with with uh, the University of Nebraska Omaha hockey program just making the announcement. Um, but yeah, we we've seen uh, only a handful of of black coaches uh, behind a bench, whether it's a Fred Brathwaite, a Joel Ward with what he's been doing in the AHL as well. Uh, French Jean, Tampa Bay as well. Uh, and Paul Gerard, uh, who spent uh, some time, he was with the Calgary Flames, actually, uh, as an assistant once upon a time. He was also coaching for a handful of teams. Uh, so I just want to express my condolences uh, to his family uh, after this uh, sudden loss. This is a, yeah. it's a, bit, of a bit of a sad way to end the podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, it's really important that we were able to acknowledge that. Yeah, gone far too soon, man. 56. Just, just not fair. So it's too bad. Absolutely. Um, that's going to do it for our show today. We will be back on Saturday with a podcast. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do, we might just keep asking CJ for Monday. That being said, uh, if you want to get your questions in, by all means, please do so, whether on Discord, whether on Twitter. I'm at JKA McKenzie. Chris is at Reporter Chris. Get those questions in. Just make sure you use the hashtag AskCJ. On Saturday, trade stuff. More trade stuff. Look, look. Spend your weekend with us. If you come to the podcast, you know what you signed up for. You're getting trade stuff, especially from one big siege. Carve out a nice little walk. Maybe we'll do a a quicker show, a half hour walk. Come, come, spend some time with us, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pumped. We'll probably do an extra show the next couple weeks. I mean, this is uh, this is the time of year. We got to strike while the iron's hot. I know everyone's busy, but uh, we'll strike while the iron's hot. Mix in a water while you can. For CJ, I'm Julian. Thanks so long. Peace. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.